Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of History Spelunkers, the show where I take a deep dive into some niche, obscure topics from history, and I tell my friends and you, the listener, about what I find. Joining me again today are my wonderful, fantastic, and curious co-hosts. Say hi. Hi, I'm Laura. She, her pronouns. And I'm Ryan. He, him pronouns. Welcome back. And we've made it to this time of year where we do yet another spooky Halloween episode. Spooky. Yes. And uh, just like last year, we're changing up the format to where... We are going to be talking about some of the creepy crawlies of the world. Does we have any? Does we have any famous <laughs> monsters or that favorite monsters? I have the. I don't know if it's like a Halloween-related one, but it's the Loch Ness monster. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Does it exist or does it not? I don't know anything about it. I just know that it's one of my favorite. Yeah. Fair enough. Nessie. Fair enough. Nessie. We love her. How about you, Ryan? I think I'm going to stay with my previous year's answer of Frankenstein. Frankenstein's just, monster? Just Frankenstein's monster. Well, Frankenstein was the real monster here, if we're, mm. if we're really talking about it. But, but yes, last year we did the Halloween, hor- uh, the Halloween horseman, the headless horseman. And we kind of discussed, you know, the literary origin and stuff. But this year, it's not going to be the same. We're not doing a literary monster. We are doing something more in line with the Loch Ness Monster. We are going to be doing cryptids. Okay. Um, And we're going to get a two-for-one this year. So, we are going to be discussing two cryptids from American folklore. Now, cryptids are a big umbrella of monster. I guess it's a very specific type. They fall more in like the pseudo-scientific monsters that could exist. Um, so they don't really necessarily have the same longevity behind them. So like Nessie and Bigfoot are cryptids, but vampires and werewolves aren't, you see. Oh yeah, I see. Um, even if, even though some cryptids like the ones we're going to be discussing today might have some supernatural elements tied up in it they're still possibly real so we shall see we'll have y'all determine what y'all think by the end of these stories
so both of these that we will be discussing, like I said, are in the U.S. They are over on the East Coast, and they're probably some of the more famous of, like you've probably heard of them before, uh, at least in passing, but uh, again, a lot of people don't necessarily know all of the nitty-gritty details about where they first showed up and their sightings and all that stuff. So we will start with the older of the two that we will be doing today. We will be discussing the Jersey Devil. Have you all heard of it? That's, that I sounds familiar. I haven't at all. Well, the Jersey Devil, as the name makes clear, is from New Jersey. Uh, specifically the southern part of New Jersey in a region known as the Pine Barrens, which is one of the largest um, untainted, I, real wild places left on the eastern seaboard in that area. It has a lot of protected wilderness space. So, I will tell y'all the origin story of Mr. Jersey Devil. The tale goes that in 1735, there was a woman by the name of Jane Leeds or Mother Leeds, and she was pregnant with her 13th child. Oh. 13th, all right. That's a horror story in of itself. <laughs> And uh, she felt much of the same way about it, and so she curses the child. As you do. Either that, or she was like a witch, and the father of the child was Satan. It, it's nitty-gritty, but anyways, she somehow curses the child, or this child becomes cursed. Well, on a dark and stormy night, <laughs> uh, she goes into labor, and the child is born. And it's a normal enough as kids go, especially for a thirteenth baby, you expect those that labor to go by pretty quickly, I imagine. I say, as someone who has no idea. <laughs> it just gets more oh that's no that's really gross. Okay, no, yeah. No. yeah. But uh anyways, uh after the relatively normal birth, uh this child transforms into a beast that attacks and kills its mother and then attacks the midwives before flying up the chimney into the night. So yeah, as far as description goes, we have that it has bat-like wings, okay, hooves, claws, and kind of like the face. It looks basically like a flying horse donkey devil thing with That's... bat wings. Okay, so with the wings, the description is little bat wings, and so are they only little because it's a child, or because I, I, like I think it does get larger because okay. it later descriptions are like it's basically a full sized horse. Okay, so theme. there are later descriptions. Well, okay. if it, yeah, if it fits through a chimney, it's got to be pretty so small. So as a child, up. it managed to fly up the chimney. It probably would not fit in a chimney anymore. Probably not. Okay. But yeah, so you know, it kind of creepy looking. Yeah, as far as you it, and unique too, as far as how monsters are described, right? You don't a flying devil horse, you know. That does seem very specific. But yeah, for like this monster has been sighted in the area for 
uh, around 200 years or so, it was not uncommon to have people saying, oh yeah, I saw that late at night or while I was traveling through the dark woods or whatever. And it has become an integral part of the mythos of that region. And so I'm going to go over some of the most famous reported sightings of this creature, and then y'all can determine whether or not that this is a true thing, or if it's just a bunch of people being crazy in the woods. So, one of the earliest, most famous sightings was around early 1800s, a man by the name of Commodore Stephen Decatur, who, if you're a early military American history guy, he's famous for doing some stuff in the Barbary Wars over in Tripoli. He, like, set a ship on fire and famous thing. But anyways, uh, he was, as a military person, inspecting the Hanover Mills Ironworks to inspect the local cannonball production, as one does. <laughs> and the story goes that while he was on the factory grounds, he looked up in the sky, saw this strange beast flying, didn't know what it was, so he decides to point a cannon at it and try and shoot it. As you do. And uh, he either misses or he hits it and the cannonball has little to no effect on it and it continues flying off into the, into yonder. No, I think he just missed it. Yeah, I think, I think just that's just it that's all. I think he just is too prideful. To but that, but that's not as scary though that it, it can take a cannonball. Well, I mean, I feel like, okay, no, I, I, no, cannonballs are probably very heavy. <laughs> I was thinking, like, well, I can take one. You can take a cannonball. <laughs> I could probably lift one. You could lift a cannonball, yeah. But it being, like, how fast do they go? It's like, like a big fast? gun. It goes through, like, a wooden hull of a ship. That's, that's what you use to sink, like, ships. But is it, like, gun speed? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, then no, I can't. Yeah, it's like a bowling it. ball, but heavier and flying at your face. Oh, you just move out the way. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. I never thought of that. Have you considered? <laughs> there is a dude in, like, Guinness Book of World Records or something that, like, took one to the stomach, but I'm sure it was, like, a very low-powered yeah. whatever. Like, I don't know. So, like, under the right circumstances, sure. But mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think you could take a cannonball. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> Probably not, no. Uh, so, anyways, that was, like, one of the more famous ones. Probably the most, like, famous celebrity to see it was a man by the name of Joseph Bonaparte. Now, the last name is familiar because he is the older brother to Napoleon, the Emperor of France. So back whenever Napoleon was doing his thing in the early 1800s, taking over all of Europe, uh, he decided that he would set up his brother Joseph as the king of Spain, because that's what you do when you take over a country. Because nepotism. Mm -hmm. Well, eventually Napoleon falls, and the people of Spain do not like this, and family whole fall falls apart. Napoleon, of course, gets exiled on an island in the middle of the Atlantic, and Joseph runs off to the United States. And he makes 
a living for himself selling off the crown jewels that he stole from the Spanish monarchy. So, you know, you... you it's a great life. You figure it out, I guess. Yeah. But um, with this wealth, he manages to buy an estate in New Jersey. And around 1820, in the winter, he is out doing some hunting alone on his estate when he encounters some strange hoof-like prints in the snow, and so he follows it until they just suddenly stop. And he's trying to figure out, like, where this creature went that he's trying to now hunt whenever he hears a hissing noise above him in the trees. And so he looks up, and he sees this strange deer, horse, batwing things perched up in a tree, and they have a very long staring contest where he is just frozen in fear looking at this demonic creature until it basically, like, screeches at him and <laughs> flies off and, of course... Bodapart forgets that he has a gun with him, so he doesn't shoot it. Oh, he conveniently forgets. And Joseph ran off, because that would be scary. And upon talking with the locals, they're like, oh yeah, that was the Jersey Devil, you know? Or the Leeds Devil is what they would have been calling it at the time. And uh, so yeah, and he wrote about it in his diary, and he kept an eye out for it the rest of his life but he never saw it again so mm. i just like how casual everybody else is about it like yeah just don't go in the woods like you know we're living with this thing but don't worry about it i feel like it was like multiple animals that kind of coordinated a little bit oh it... or he just like there was a snake in the tree <laughs> to the left and like a a bat or something in the other tree and it just kind of like they're like, hey, it, let's spook this guy. The snake hissed, and then it freaked everything else out, or or screeched, or what animal screeches? Like a bird. If Some it was in a tree, bird. it'd be like a bird. Do bats? No, bats don't speak. They don't. They, they don't speak. speak. I mean, they don't make noise. They can what. chirp, yeah. They well, eek. That's like their... Yeah. Some bird screeched, and it freaked everything else out, and so it's a lot of movement, a lot of ah. Uh, and he ran away. The horse got scared, jumped into the tree. That's why he didn't do <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, well, let's see here now, if that doesn't convince you. Again, the Jersey Devil, you know, it's kind of been like, oh, casual, out in the woods or whatever. Probably the thing that most cemented it as, oh yeah, this is a real creature in some people's minds, was the week of January 16th through 23rd in the year 1909. And there was a rash of sightings similar onto like the level of like the UFO panic we discussed in a previous episode where dozens of people within the span of a couple of days reported seeing this creature flying around in the sky or hundreds of people saw like hoof prints on the roofs and the snow it attacked a trolley car. Policemen saw it and tried shooting at it. People were scared to go into work in their factories because they would have to walk through the woods. So schools and factories closed down. There were 
like vigilante gangs going around trying to hunt down this monster. And the Philadelphia Zoo actually put out a $10,000 reward if someone was able to get the creature for them. So what would they feed him? Like if they put him like in an exhibit, just... I think it's more of a kill it and we'll stuff oh, then... it up in the zoo. Okay, yeah, that's fair. But, uh, of course, no one ever saw it, but according to the descriptions, there's a famous sketch posted in the Philadelphia Bulletin that is very typical of what the creature has been painted off of. Ugh. And it's a very scrawny, goat-like deer horse thing with horns, wings, and a forked tail, so. I thought those were like bigger ears. It's just like little baby curved horns. Yeah, yeah like goat, goat horns. Not yeah, that, that thing's not taking a cannonball. No. I'm sorry, that my man missed. <laughs> yeah, he did. Or like hit his wing a little bit and then like, oh, I'm sorry. This flew off. But, uh, yeah, like, what y'all think? It, I mean, it attacked a trolley car. It attacked had a trolley car. Dozens of people on it that saw it, you know. I uh, no. Where yeah, I know it's the 1900s, but like nobody had a camera, nobody had sight. Like, yeah. People were pretty whack back then. Somebody got scared, and then everybody else was on edge looking for it, and people were just so scared that they stayed home, and so it's like, oh well, we got to close stuff down. But I don't know. <laughs> It's like one of those like stories you tell your kids where like if you don't behave, then the scary goat creature thing is gonna go attack your roof and leave prints on it. <laughs> it's super scary. Yeah, I mean, as far as monsters go, it itself isn't really threatening because like no one's ever been killed by it or really attacked by it necessarily. I mean, yeah, I attacked a trolley car, but like no one was ever like in danger. Yeah, people have reported like shooting it and it doesn't do anything, but at most like it's abducted some dogs or tried to and maybe, you know, tried taking off some children, but it's not really, not really anything that tries to like kill people or anything like that. And so, after, of course, the 1909 modernity, the sightings have trailed off again, as most creatures do. But, uh, yeah, you'll still find people claiming that they've seen it in the woods late at night. And, and it, it still is, like, the perfect place to go because the Pinelands region is, like, over a million acres and it's the largest national reserve until, until you get to like northern Maine or down into the Everglades in Florida and that. So a lot of empty space. But uh, also to consider, uh, the Leeds family is a real family in New Jersey, a very old family. Mother Leeds has often been identified to be a real-life person known as Deborah Leeds on the ground that Deborah Leeds' husband, Jaffet, uh, 
he has like some records that have been discovered showing that he has 12 children and around the year 1736. So if they did have a 13th devil child, of course, he's not going to be writing that down in their tax records. I I think it's one of, Mother Leeds probably had something going on. Like you said, she was a witch, and so everybody was kind of already on edge about her, and then she disappears one day, or, like, she is, like, brutally murdered or something. Like, oh, witchy stuff, so the 13th devil child. <laughs> and then, the, yeah, people just hated the Leeds family, maybe. I don't know. Like, yeah, I, like I, what started the mythos of this, but... And, uh, Interesting. Yeah, and then strangely enough, the region has. It, it, this is more of maybe a coincidence, but in the region has a lot of naming conventions amongst the indigenous Native Americans and also like the Dutch and Swedish settlers that were in that region before it became an American colony. Uh, but. The Lenape tribe called the area Papuessing, which means place of the dragon. And Swedish explorers called the region Drake Kill, or, you know, Drake being a word for dragon. So that's kind of a, you know, as far as it basically being a leathery goat dragon, you know. <laughs> fair, fair, fair assumption. So a weird coincidence. If you believe in such things, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's a strange one. But as far as a scientific explanation, pretty much everyone's like, nah, they're just seeing big birds. <laughs> they're seeing big birds. Probably some like undiscovered species that they hadn't discovered yet, as what undiscovered means. <laughs> <laughs> You know, one of them undiscovered <laughs> that they found. <laughs> That's probably the explanation for, like, a lot of these kind of things, where it's like they've never seen it before. And so, oh, scary creature. Yeah. And there's only a couple it. of them out there in the millions of acres, so nobody really sees it that and often. And then they're probably just extinct now, whatever it was. The world will never know. But uh, it's actually gone on to its New Jersey's state demon slash cryptid you know <laughs> and there's a national hockey league team in new jersey called the new jersey devils so i mean that's a sick name so yeah, yeah I, they, I would i would keep that and a bunch of other like local companies or whatever they'll call themselves you know devil or whatever but yeah it's a real neat branding opportunity <laughs> I like how it's the state devil. Like, there's there's more than one contender. <laughs> so that's our first monster. I don't seem to... I don't think I've made a believer out of y'all on that one. No, I, <laughs> I don't believe it for a second. But uh, our second guy, he's uh, probably even more famous than the Jersey Devil. It's a Mothman. Yes. Oh, my God. The Mothman. The Mothman. Yes, Mothman, based out of Point Pleasant, West Virginia. You make it sound like he's got like his residence set up there. Like this is mailing address, Mister Mothman, based out of. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, in West Virginia. So, of course, West Virginia is like the heart of Appalachia, which I'm going to go off on a tangent here, because like. 
if there's gonna be a place where monsters are, like spooky supernatural monsters, it's Appalachia because it's like one of the oldest places on the planet because the mountains began forming 480 million years ago. They got about to like rocky sizes and then they've been getting smaller and eroding away. Like they were formed because Pangaea was forming. That's wow. how old they okay. are. Yeah. And they were old when the dinosaurs were around. So like, yeah, super, super old place in the world. And there's a lot of spooks and stuff in the folklore. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, Some spooks. You know, you got things like goat men and haints and not deers, you know. Haints? Yeah, that's uh, technically if you call it by its name, you're trying to summon it. So we might not say it too many more times. Shit. But uh, yeah, it's like a boogeyman who attacks your home in your sleep. And the only way to stop it is... It has the obsession to count things. It's very OCD, I guess. Like me. Oh so it's trying to kill you in the middle of the night. And the way you stop it is by having like a pile of salt near your door. And it will compulsively stop and try to count all the grains, which of course it never does before the sun rises. Or you have like a bundle of twigs above your door. Our treasure chest full of rocks will yeah. stop him. Yeah. Or, uh... You have, you'd find it kind of common under a certain time frame in that region to have newspapers as your wallpaper, because then it would count the words on the paper. But, you know, it's a basic boogeyman type creature. You just hear in the middle of the night, one, ah, 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 <laughs> two, two, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> yep, exactly. But yeah, it, they trapped him in Sesame Street. We're good. <laughs> yeah, just have that going. Um, but yeah, anyways, super spooky region. Um, there's actually a fun podcast that I've begun listening to called Old Gods of Appalachia, which is like spooky stuff in in these hollers. There's there be spooky things that have older than time itself, you know. So if you want to learn more. Go, go there after you listen to this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but hold on. Hold on. We're not, we're not done yet. <laughs> so yeah, tangent. Anyways, Mothman. So Mothman, his story is in a relatively short amount of time in West Virginia. You only have like a real splurge of sightings beginning in November of 1966. Specifically, November 15th whenever you had a couple of couples, a Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Mallet, I think is how you say it. But anyways, there's these two couples out on like a double date or whatever. And they're out driving late at night in a region called the TNT area, which was near an abandoned munitions factory from World War II. And they're out driving late at night and they see something that they're like, oh, that's a really weird looking bird sitting on the side of the road over there. And they're like, that's a really 
big bird that has glowing red eyes. What the f Okay, we gotta get out of here. <laughs> so they began speeding down the road because it's like, it sees us, it's coming for us. And uh, it chases after them going 100 miles an hour down the highway, flying over them, banging on the ceiling of their car. And it chases them all the way till they get to the city limits, you know? Ooh. And so they find a spot to park. They're like, oh my God, what just happened? And they, they, once they begin to calm down, it's like, no, it was just, it was just a big bird because there's no way that it could have kept up with us. You know, we're just freaking out. And uh, after calming down and thinking it through, they're like, no, it's just a bird. And to prove it, let's go back out and try and find it, which is like a horror movie etiquette, like 101, <laughs> don't go back, <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. Like, oh yeah, we nearly died because of a monster, but it's probably not real. Let's go back and make sure. I think it's just that there are some things that are so unexplainable in the moment that like, you can't believe it. Even if it happened, it's one of those like, no, we couldn't have just seen something that was actually dangerous. That was actually going to like kill us. We got to go see what it was so we're not crazy. I can see the sentiment mm -hmm. because, oh, that's, a, that's stuff that happens in a horror movie. We're in real life here, you know. Like, well, yeah, boogeymen don't exist. The horror movie people think they're in real life too. Like, that, that's, where, <laughs> that's where they get caught. But my theory at first was it was a person in a costume until you said... The hundred mile an hour thing, like mm -hmm. okay. Well, it could have also just Maybe like, jumped not. on the car and been like hanging on for dear life, like or, oh, god damn, like stop. <laughs> or it was a person in a costume, and then they started running, but then like a rainstorm happened with those really heavy drops of water. You know what I'm talking about? It was not rain. Hail. Oh well, you don't know that. You weren't there. <laughs> it could have been. It, as far as the stories go, it was not raining. Oh, okay. But, uh, so they do go back. To the same spot where they found it before and they found it again and once they got their headlights on it and got a good look they saw that it was a six to seven foot tall humanoid creature with gigantic wings and bright red glowing eyes like super reflective super bright and once they got their headlights fully on it and saw the sheer size of this thing, it unfolded its wings, flapped it, and shot straight up into the air and disappeared into the night. Okay. And it terrifies them as something like that would. Mm -hmm. They just confirmed that the crazy shit is in, t is in fact crazy. Yes. And so they go, you know, they tell the community about it. And over the next year, you have, again, multiple reports, dozens and probably maybe even a hundred, you know, some odd reports of people around this community. They're like, oh yeah, I see this thing flying in the sky and, you know, very similar sightings of there's something out here. And it's a very nebulous description of this creature because part of it is that once you see it, you are like, you are struck with fear and terror and you'll have nightmares 
that might last months, even years. It, it's just completely terrifying. Um, so there's people will argue that about the sizes, just how big it is or the exact shape of it. Like it's humanoid, but some say it doesn't have like a head and that the eyes are in like the center of its chest. Others don't say that. If it does have a head, we have no idea what it looks like because its eyes are so bright. But that's the main things are is like it has gigantic wings. It can fly super fast by shooting straight up into the air. And its eyes are gigantic red, like almost like bicycle reflectors, like as far as like qualities of them. There's also during this time period, people seeing these things. A lot of them also claim that they are being harassed by like the men in black or government agents, you know, trying to keep, tell them to keep this all hush hush. But, you know, it's a pretty standard conspiracy theory stuff that goes on. It's like, there's government agents out here. I saw this monster and they're trying to say I'm crazy and whatever. But newspapers at the time began calling it Mothman because in the Batman comics around the same time, they had just introduced the character of the killer moth. So, I mean, you know. who really came first? Was it the superhero or was it the probably thousand-year-old who-knows-what creature? <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm sure he feels kind of bad about that description because it's like, damn. It's like, man, I work they, so hard. They call me Mothman, but I'm not a moth. I'm actually a butterfly or something. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, it's a uh, creepy thing. But the sightings of this period... They come to an end, I said, a year later in December, on December 15th, 1967, whenever the Silver Bridge, which was a bridge connecting West Virginia over into Pennsylvania, no, into Ohio, I think, um, crossing the Ohio River there in Point Pleasant, it collapses and it kills like 40 people or something. Like, it's huge catastrophe and out of nowhere. And sightings from the time, they report seeing Mothman at the site of this catastrophe. And two theories have developed from this thing. Is one, either Mothman caused this tragedy to happen, or two, he was trying to warn the people with some, like, premonition that this terrible thing is going to happen in the future and he was trying to warn people about it but because he is such a terrifying and imposing figure you know i think he was just trying to be there to help yeah he's like, a helpful who, moth yeah he, he shows up and everybody's scared of him but he's just trying to save the people save some of the people it's like, not his fault he's ugly but i mean like that's that's like a thing is like if some if you received an omen but the omen is something as terrifying as like mothman would you trust it you know oh god yeah you can only think of anything mm. yeah especially like on the first time you know uh there's a book that i read a while ago that's somewhat famous um 
Oh, what's it called? It's some weird sci-fi novel by like Philip K. Dick or something where basically aliens arrive and they're up in their UFOs and they're communicating through like telephones or TVs or whatever. And they basically turn the world into a utopia, well, but they never see them. And then like 50 years later, they finally come out of their spaceships and they look like Baphomet, Satan creatures, you know, with like horns and wings and demon faces, you know. And it's like, oh, okay. You know, we would we have trusted them if they just came down? It's like, here you go. Here's the secret to better life. And it's like, oh God, no, a devil. You know? I'm saying attractiveness is the key. Yeah, poor, you don't you don't trust the. Yeah, <laughs> the poor Mothman. Mm -hmm. He just didn't have the right looks. Or uh, like you know, in the Bible, you have angels. They're always like, "Be not afraid." That's the first thing they say. Is like, <laughs> I know it looks a little scary because so, they're all some like you know spherical things yeah, spinning or something. Cosmic wars, you know. You can't comprehend. But uh, so yeah, um, after the bridge collapsed, Mothman doesn't ever really show up again in Point Pleasant. There's still people that, like, claim to see him in the region, you know. But what I think is most interesting is you have now a bunch of other situations where people claim to have seen Mothman-like entities, except not in West Virginia. So, like... Um, in Houston, in June of 1953, there was the sighting of the Houston Batman. Yay! Where there is a a woman, Hilda Walker, who was sitting on her porch with some neighbors, and like they saw across the lawn under like a street lamp, there was this giant moth-like shadow, and it like jumped up into a tree and saw like a six foot tall humanoid bat wing with like bright eyes and like a yellowish glowing aura and it disappeared and they s heard loud swooshing and banging noises above their house all night and disappeared had the the batman comics come out yet because I, I don't know the time i mean i probably maybe but like that's just what they were calling it it's oh. a man that looked it's a yeah, it's well, a human that looks like a bat, not Mr. Batman. It might be like a full-grown adult cosplaying as as Batman. Mm. But like, jumping into who jumps up into the sky? Yeah, he has like the ropes, you know, like some dude. In yeah, he's rigged up. Ah, ah, he, he got his utility belt on. He wants to live in that dream, you know? <laughs> and terrorize a family. Yeah. Just doing like <laughs> combat rolls on their roof all night. Yeah. Parkour. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... Uh, you also, you have, like, in the 1970s over in England, uh, in Cornwall, there's the phenomena of the Owl Man, who fits same description, giant owl-like looking person that screams at people, basically. I know, screeches. <laughs> um, and then you have the couple of the more, like, high-profile ones that are, like, he is associated with these natural, well, not natural disasters, but like these catastrophes that result in a lot of people dying. There is the Blackbird of Chernobyl, 
who is theorized to be the same kind of persona, just people reported seeing this gigantic black bird flying around and oh, it's bad omen uh, at Chernobyl whenever the nuclear stuff went kablooey. Or there was a bridge collapse in 2007 up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Same thing, they saw a Mothman looking type thing flying around supposedly. And perhaps, you know, uh, another one was 9-11. People claimed to have seen someone flying around in the rubble, you know. So, all sorts of things. Some people have even said, oh, this sounds a whole lot like Thunderbirds from Native American folklore. So, Mothman. I mean, yeah, it's... I've, I've found where it's, it's a lot of different descriptions and a lot of different cultures. They all kind of describe the same thing. But... I mean, it has to be because, like, we're all living on the same planet. Mm -hmm. And so it's all the same thing that other people are seeing. They just call it different things. So, yeah, believe them. Take take the theories and then probably just go wild with it. Well, and it's also really easy to say, you know, like, you will only see it until the, like, the thing that it's trying to prevent. Not, maybe not prevent, but foretell or, like. Yeah. Like, what what is Mothman or Batman have as a stake in this like why why does he care so much no one's gotten a chance to talk to him because <laughs> he he's insecure probably about the way he looks because he's got <laughs> he's got bike things for his eyes oh. or the bike reflectors i'm assuming you mean the square ones because <laughs> <laughs> they're they're the ugliest ones but i don't know it's, that's my theories but uh yeah he's you know entered the popular imagination as a more famous cryptid. I've definitely seen like picture, or maybe not pictures, but like artist renderings and mm -hmm. stuff of Mothman. And I feel like people were onto Mothman on the internet a while ago for yeah. some reason. Yeah. Um, well, back in 1975, a man by the name of John Keel, he wrote a pretty famous book called The Mothman Prophecies, which tells the story of the bridge collapse in Point Pleasant and, you know, it's a fictionalization, of course, but breaks it down and, you know, from the name you get prophecies that really plays into the whole, he's trying to warn us about this thing or, and then that got made into a movie in 2002 and like he's shown up in a bunch of video games, there's songs about him in Point Pleasant today, there's a statue of Mothman in the middle of town, there's a museum. They have a whole festival every year. And um, so, yeah. I wonder if he just like sits up on the roof of some building and it's like happy tears. Oh, they're having a party for me. <laughs> they appreciate me. Well, my whole thought process is like he never returns to the same place twice. If, mm -hmm. it is if it is like an arbinger of like whatever disaster, he's moving on to the next one all the time. Mm -hmm. So like he never returns. Yeah, that's Mothman. So what if... Out of the two, what what are we thinking? I enjoy Mothman more as a concept. Mm. I don't I, I don't know how I feel about a flying horse that like is is there like he's okay just around. He's just hanging out like okay, but the Mothman being threatening slash possibly helpful, you know, an omen if those are good or bad, you know, just depending what you think about that. But I just like the thought of it's probably a person in a costume doing some kind of theatrics. So I'm <laughs> I'm excited for that. Uh, so yeah, 
which one you're walking down a dark alley late at night which one would you rather come face to face with i guess mothman because he's so sweet he's got good intentions apparently once you see him though you have nightmares for months i'll, I'll take that yeah mm-hmm. i'll take it <laughs> i think a demon horse would be a little creepier just like first visual but then also if i mean it doesn't matter what it looks like, but there is just pure terror. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, neither of them are ideal. But I think <laughs> knowing that, like, Mothman is like this, a lot of people are going to die here very soon, you know. And having night terrors and PTSD for months is... Yeah, but it... But at least it doesn't mean that you're going to die if you see him. But I mean, you see the Jersey Devil and he's just... Yeah. (laughs) Rawr, I'm scary. (laughs) Yeah, the Jersey Devil is just vibing in the woods. Like, hey man, I'm walking here. Yeah, so I guess... Yeah, the Jersey Devil's less threatening. He's He's just vibing in the woods. But Mothman does probably mean that there's something bad about to happen. So I could see the thought process behind that. So that's uh, our spooky Halloween episode. Uh, I guess I'll go ahead and close us out. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends about us. We're always glad to have new listeners. Uh, Our music is by Mountaineer. You can find their stuff on upbeat.io. I put some stuff in the show notes if you want to find some more oogity boogities that go spook in the night. (laughs) <laughs> As always, our, we like to acknowledge that we are recording this podcast on occupied land that rightfully belongs to the Tonkwa, Comanche, Kiowa, and other indigenous peoples. Thanks again for listening. And till next time, see you down the rabbit hole. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Happy Halloween. Booga <laughs> booga.